Yeah, we gotta start. Uh, we gotta start paying more attention to the Lily World Series. It's here. They're in Williamsport. It's time. To, it's time to get jiggy with it. it start. We gonna start today or we start tomorrow? I started today. Yeah, we, we got. We gotta get in. I kind of. I kind of just slept on the regionals this year, but dude, it's insane. Like there are kids raking, and like there's so much swagger. This is the most swagger of any Lily World Series. The women's, the softball one's been going crazy too. But like this one dude from Wyoming for, uh, it, it, I forget what city. But anyways, he, he's on Team Wyoming. Dude, he's wearing work gloves, like yellow construction gloves. He's like welding and stuff. I've seen that, bro. I've seen that a bunch of kids do that, actually. Yeah, like. That's Yo, anyway, adding to that, bro. Did you hear about the kid on one of the teams that fell out of the bunks in the Little World Series dorms? What? In a coma, bro, yeah. Holy crap. So bullshit. Damn, that's crazy. No, these teams are insane. Like, I was watching some highlights from – Hawaii versus this team up in Northern Cali. I mean, I was like, these kids could legitimately beat high school teams, like decent high school teams. Well, I don't know about decent, but like below average high school teams would struggle. You a coffee guy or what? I'm a huge coffee guy. I love caffeine. You drink coffee right now? Absolutely. It's late. We do these podcasts late. We're troopers. It's for the people, though. That's I, why I'm – damn, they don't even have any pictures on their roster. Who, Warner? Yeah. That's going to be tough. That's what – It is. All right, though, we'll give it our our yeah. best uh, look. All right. Um, we're recording. I guess we should go ahead and hop in. All right. Oh, I have a, a source here that just informed me that he is no longer in a coma. Praise God. Oh, good. Good. Prayers up. Hallelujah. Love to hear that. Yeah, we need to get into it. We should uh, we, we should make that make that thing. I, I got a buddy, uh, Cam Stevens. He's the one that's banned on Suncast until he until he uh, wins the conference play of the week. And he's from up around that area. He's like forty five minutes from Williamsport. He would go to that all the time. So oh, electric. really? Yeah, electric. He grew up like pretty close to uh, Penn State or outside State College. That's insane. That's pretty okay. good. He said he's been to like hella whiteout games for Penn State. I heard those are unreal. Oh. I actually have a high school friend that goes to Penn State. She said those games are nuts. Yeah, bucket list stadium for sure. Let's take a if if let's say this if our if our podcast takes off and we start profiting, yeah. we should uh, take a a, a co host trip to to, to um Penn State. Oh. oh, that'd be lit, dude. Wouldn't that be sick? Same. I'd be so down too, absolutely. Is it like, like that'd be a goal, like doing it, like going travel places like this. So listen to this today. I was talking with the uh, same guy Cam, obviously a huge Penn State fan, and he wants to be a coach when he grows up. Uh, you know Jacob Moss, he was on the podcast uh, with Cody a couple episodes ago. He wants to be head coach too. Well, Cam is you know from State College, obviously a huge Penn State fan. Jake is huge Ohio State fan, huge Buckeyes fan. I was like, dude, imagine this, like 20, 30 years from now, I'm like the play-by-play broadcaster for ESPN for the primetime Saturday night game on on ABC, and he's – Cam's the head coach for Penn State. Jake's the head coach for Ohio State, and it's a whiteout. Top five matchup late November from battle. That would be unreal. I was like, that's what we got to work towards. That'd be, 
that would be uh, crazy for Weber, man. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, talk about it. that's what we're talking about. Like, the NAIA Weber International University Warriors represented well in tonight's top five matchup for supremacy in the Big Ten. Oh, dude, I'm so ready for football season. Holy crap. Yo, Warner has a UAB transfer. Yeah, they do have some nasty transfers. Let's see who else we're working with here. A couple Southeastern guys apparently transferred there. However, in the new Sun Conference rule, you got to sit out. You got to sit out, yep. It's tough. So I see the UAB transfer. Oh, I've been seeing so far. Um, yeah, I guess we should, we should say what's up. Um, all right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into uh, another episode. I, I don't like in the cold openings. Let us know. I like the cold openings. What do you think, Josh? Yeah. I like it. Yeah, like, yeah. It cranks it up. It's like a little warm up, like a little warm up toss. That's yeah. nice. Anyways, all right, this episode is going to be about. Uh, two more football teams that we're previewing. One that we have talked about a good bit before the St. Thomas Bobcats, obviously QB1 down in Miami Gardens, Mr. Thomas. We've had him on, so we got a good little bit of an insider knowledge on the Bobcat season. However, the other team, and we almost want to do a little yin-yang because uh, we do know a good bit about St. Thomas and what they're going to bring to the table. The other team we are previewing are the Warner Royals, and they are probably the biggest question mark in the Sun Conference this year. Just a good bit of transfers in and out, and obviously a completely new coaching staff. And the biggest question mark as well, it's kind of hard to look up stats or anything for Warner because there's not a lot to find, as Mr. Blackmore has come to find. But as always, this episode is brought to you by The One. The only, the best Brazilian food on this side of the Mississippi River and north of the equator. Oh, Robbie Grossman, three-run home run for the Braves. Braves are back. Six, Let's go. 6'5", bottom of the seventh. Braves are so back. Screw you, Max Scherzer. Anyways, y'all know Vaughn. You know the deal. Go there. Empanadas, Powerball, all that. All right, here we go. Josh, let's just go ahead and talk about one of the biggest moments that you had, um, or like through a friend perspective. That's Mr. Uh, uh, help me out. Grism? Is that, is that how you say it? Oh, yeah. Von, Von Grism, yeah. Grism. Von Grism. So, dude, how, how exactly do you know him? And then just tell us a little bit about, like, you know, what's going okay, on. So I went to high school in St. Cloud, obviously. And he went to high school in Orlando area. Um, the school was Haggerty High School. And so whenever my school would we'd go through districts and we would make to the regional playoffs – and baseball, and of course they would too because I mean they were they were unreal. So we normally ran into them in the high school playoffs. So I played against them three years in a row, or two years in a row. My senior year we were terrible, but sophomore and junior year we played against them in the regional playoffs, and he was on the team. So I kind of like knew of him then, and then so after that junior season, I was still playing summer ball before my senior season so summer ball I was playing we both played for FTB but he was like on the scout team I was just on like one of the other teams and they weren't playing we needed players so he he like joined our team for that week or whatever so he played with us whatever we were you know good friends and then come to find out you know over the years whatever I meet Willie from Weber and I find out that their teammates 
you know, so now I know Willie and Vaughn and, you know, it's kind of like a big circle or whatever. But yeah, so I played with Vaughn and, and travel ball and played against him in high school. So yeah, that's how I know Vaughn. Good that's, guy. Yeah. He's always been a great ball player. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't happen often, The what happened. I mean, you're playing double-A ball in Mississippi, and then next thing you know, you're in a pennant race or not a division. Yeah, race. I mean, dude, he was – his first ever major league at bat was in Fenway. I mean, that's probably that easy. Historic. I mean, one, one of, if not the most historic field. That's That would be a fun bit, by the way. Uh, rank our, like, favorite most historic stadiums. Anyways, does that. And then hits one, not just – over the green monster, it was a no doubter with a disgusting bat flip. He said, "Yeah, dude, that was that was pretty legit. You don't really expect that out of like debuts, you know, because it's kind of you, you don't want to like you want to have some feel there and like not be cocky. Yeah. Like the way you hit that, it was just so smooth. Have you ever seen Willie Carter's bat flips? Uh, I think I've seen videos, yeah, but like, I don't think I'm, pretty like, nice too. It might be a thing in the minor leagues, but they might just baffle up a bunch, yeah, true. And from what he said in a quote after Vaughn, he hit it and like he's blacked out. So, if that's true, that bat flip was just off pure instinct, and he's just a dog, yeah, just pure dog, pure dog. He went to where'd he go, FIU? He didn't go to college, he got drafted out of high school. He was committed to FIU, though. Okay. I was about to say, I swear I saw – I thought I saw a picture of him in the Panthers uh, jersey. But, no, I mean, that's sick. I mean, uh, did you play against a bunch of other guys, like in minor – still in the minors or majors or anything like that? Um, Riley Green played against him. So he was oh, on the same man. team as Vaughn Grissom. Where's he at now? He's in the Detroit Tigers. That's right. That's right. Um, I think that's it, to be honest. I mean, I know, like, several people that got drafted this year, but no one in the – oh, there's only two players, like, I played against, you know, like, I'm familiar with. Yeah. Uh, like, in the next, like, five years, I'll probably know, like, more. Because, like, okay. a, lot of, a lot of the kids that were in my class, high school class and college class, will be there. Yeah. I mean, I, even, I mean, two guys you play with, Ray and – uh, Kenny, they're up playing. What, what's that league they're in? Like a U.S. I think one of them's in the frontier. I don't know what league Ray's in. All I know is that Ray's doing well. Yeah, so the Utica Unicorns. Well, I tell you what, he dodged a bullet. I thought he was. I thought he was going to have to have Tommy John after that. And uh, yeah, that would have been his career over most likely. He's he was like twenty five. He's getting Tommy John. Now we're talking. You can't throw a baseball again until you're twenty six, and that's tough. Yeah. Most guys are making their big league debuts at twenty six, not making their indie ball debuts at 26, you know? Yeah. Um, how about old buddy uh, Mike Soroka? Oh, dude, he carved. He's – If we get him, I think we all right. I think we are. is it? He blows. But. Oh, yeah, he's bad. He's just a filler. He, Charlie he, Morton was blowing until last night. He literally shoved. Yeah. Well, Six and two-thirds, 12 punches, three hits, no walks, no runs. Uncle Charlie, he's back at it again. All right, baseball, all that, fun. You know what's right around the corner, baby. We are single digits away from some conference football being back. Are we now? We are. I mean, a week from Saturday, we're back. It's week Uh-oh. one. Yeah. August, August 27th. August 27th. It's here for 10 days, okay, technically 10 days, but still. We got to pump it up. 
got two pumped. So the big one. So what do you want to do? What, what do you want to do with Warner, man? Because there's not a whole lot to talk about outside the coaching staff. And then yeah. okay, I'll, we'll get. I'll get into the coaching staff. I read up on it. Okay. I'll go last year's schedule, this year's schedule, prediction, move on. All right, sick. Then we'll get next. So Warner announced their coach, Dayello Burks, the new new head coach. This was in December. Mm-hmm. So he's from Lagrange, Georgia. He has 18 years of coaching experience as well as 13 years playing professional football. Um, he was a head coach at Lagrange High School from 2014 to 2017. Um, he played three for NFL teams: uh, the Eagles, the Panthers, and the Raiders. He worked with the Bears and the Titans as a coach for the part of the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship. Um, he he went to college at EKU. Got his degree, bachelor's in arts and general studies with a minor in religions, philosophy, with another minor in coaching from LaGrange, and then a master's in arts and teaching from LaGrange. So it seems like he's a, you know, he has religious backgrounds, which is a good fit for Warner. Yep. A lot of football experience, a lot of training, aka school. Um, but yeah, so that's really good for Warner. I mean, it's always nice to have a guy who coached in the NFL as a football coach, especially at this level. At the NEI, that's pretty. It's pretty sick. Yeah, you don't um, see that a whole lot. Um, man, that's great. That man. that in itself probably can help them get better from a three and seven. But then again, I don't know what their roster looks like because there's no. I mean, I know what their roster looks like, but there's no stats to see who's coming back, who played, etc. Mm. So I mean, last year they played a uh, FCS double A. Stetson lost fifty four to fourteen. Lost to Reinhardt, 45 nothing. Beat Kentucky Christian. Beat Union College. Lost to St. Thomas. Wasn't terrible, 46-29. Beat Flomo. Lost to Bluefield. Actually, like one of my childhood best friends is the quarterback at Bluefield. Set the record. They Set the record for most passing yards, passing touchdowns. They offered me when I entered the portal, but I was like, one of the reasons I'm in the transfer portal is not to be in cold weather. So, yeah. <laughs> So hold on. Mm. Yeah. So my childhood best friend, Nathan Hurstich, 21 of 37, 333 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. Nasty. And quarterback from Warner, 22 of 46, 314, three touchdowns, four picks. Gunsling. LeBron Fields, the running back from Bluefield, 22 for 103. Pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was a back-and-forth affair for a while. Lost to Southeastern, 34-6. Lost to Kaiser, 56 nothing. Lost to Ave, 48-23. And got slaughtered by Weber, 72. That was a fun game. I the floor it sucked, but, God, that was fun. I was having a debate with my buddy. Yeah. And he was trying to tell me that since Warner had a better record than Weber, that Warner is better. But I, this is what I told him. I was like, Bro. Weber won by 50 points. I don't care if Weber was 1-9 and nine and Warner was 7-3 and three because that wouldn't have never happened. If you're that bad, like that, like if that much worse than another team, there's no way. You're beating other teams and losing to a one and nineteen by fifty. So this is what I said. I said even though the record says Warner had a better season, 
Weber beats him by 50. Okay. So a little thing about the Mid-South Conference, which football was in last year, is you have to play teams from, like, the other Mid-South. Like, the, there's the Mid-South Sun and the Mid-South Mountain or Appalachia or whatever the hell it was called. So we had to go play Lindsey Wilson and Georgetown, who were two extremely good teams, 13th and then the defending national champion. Uh, Warner went and played Bluefield. Replaced Bluefield with Lindsey Wilson. They get curb stomped, and we get to play Bluefield. I like our chances. Uh, I, I like our chances a hell of a lot better than the defending national freaking champion, Lindsey Wilson. Oh, right. Yeah. So, I mean, my thing was he made a comparison saying Florida and Bama, right? Florida beats Bama by 50. By 50. And they end up going six and six, and Bama goes nine and three. Well, wow. and I'm like, first of all, that would never happen because if Florida beat Bama by 50, Florida would probably have 10 plus wins and Bama wouldn't have nine. Yeah. And second of all, he made the comparison of last year about how Florida almost beat Alabama. And if they would have won, it would have been by like one. And I was like, the you can make the, the comparison of like, oh, a team's better or not based on games like that. The loss, but one or lost by one point. It could, those are fluke games. Yeah. But when you beat a team by 50, that's not a fluke game. Look at you. Look at you. It's so, not a fluke game. You go. You're right. You're so right. Look at you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't care if Warner has three more wins than Weber. If you lose to a team by 50, they're better than you, period. You period. can't make a 50 point gap. That's exactly. it. Anyways, moving on. Three and seven. Yeah, moving on to this hard. year. They open up with Kaiser. Welcome to the football season. Yeah, Loss. talk about it. Loss. Then they go up to Pensacola to play with UWF. I have three friends on that team. Loss. <laughs> yeah. At Flomo. Oh, I gotta stop. I gotta win. stop. I gotta stop. At Flomo win. Oh, hear me out. At Stephen F. Austin. Bro. Loss. Yeah. So we're one and three. They open up pretty tough. Yeah. UWF that, and Stephen F. Austin. Stephen. That's a tough skin. Then they brand new field. Weber comes to town. Well, it's not going to be at the new field. It's going to be at Lakeland High School. Lakeland Christian or Lakeland High School? Lakeland Christian, I think. Okay, I bias, but maybe. But I like Weber. A lot of guys, a lot of returning players. Second year in the new system. I've witnessed the weight, the wit, the strength conditioning coach with those guys. I like what I saw. If I'm a football player, that's who I want coaching me. So I'm Weber or Warner. Weber. You um, think you think I've seen Warner train Reagan? Uh, they post a lot on social media of them. I don't follow nothing Warner. Okay. I do on the Suncast Twitter. That's where I see it. So, okay. Anyways, man. and they go to they host Flomo another win. So and now we're at. Well, that now now that now I'm sorry, but that's when Suns Conference play starts. That original. Flow mode. Fun, yeah. I don't think those count towards conference. So here we go. So 0 1 with the Elder Weather, respectfully. So now they go. They host Flomo. So we're at 1 and 5. And then they go to Kaiser for the actual Sun Conference game. Another loss. So 1 and 6. 1 and 6. Yeah. That's all uh, right. They host Fort Lauderdale. That's a win. 2 and 6. Head down to St. Thomas. Loss two and seven, post southeastern two and eight, and then they travel to Ave three and eight. I have them going the same, same record three and eight. Um, I know if you're a Warner football player and you're listening to this, I'm sorry, you're not giving me anything to work with. 
I'm giving you guys these gimme games because of your coach, but because of the lack of rosters, the lack of stats, and me not knowing who's coming back, that's my prediction. I think really tough schedule though. But a plus on the scheduling. That's pretty that's pretty good for the NEI scheduling UWF and a D one Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. I don't know when Weber shall do that, but I'm cool with getting a couple of D3s and getting some dubs. I'm not going to lie. So, whatever. Little cupcake never hurt anybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't really do a ton with, like, predicting schedules and whatnot, obviously. No, no, no. Just I, I want you to – um. I, all I want to say is I think you, you you did a really good job there. I think you, you, you broke it down fair, and I think three and eight – I think that could happen. I, I, I'm not going to say if that's a good prediction or a bad, but I was, I'll say I could see it happening. Yeah, I think that's just safe. Yeah. What about ceiling? Everything goes right. Everything goes right. Um, for and I know not everything goes right, but, but, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. ceiling. What's the ceiling for them? Ceiling. A, so add a game to Weber, so that's four and seven. Alright. I'll give you that. And they sneak a win against um sneak a win against either St. Thomas or uh, Southeastern. Then we're at five and six. I think five and six is the best they get they can get. Five and six. Because you got Kaiser twice, you got two D ones. So yeah. I think that's four losses. And I don't think you can beat St. Thomas and Southeastern. So be that's six, right? So that's five for sure. So Aves a win, St. Thomas or Southeastern's a win. So that's two and one, three and one. If you go to Fort, give them the Fort Lauderdale loss at Kaiser, three and two, Lomo, four and two, Weber, five and two, and then St- Stephen F. Austin, five and three, uh, beat Flomo, six and three, lose to <laughs> West Florida and Kaiser. So I get what to be six and six. Or no, I think six and five is what I'd give him yeah. as a ceiling. That's six and five. That's a good ceiling. You go from six and five to three and eight. That's my range. You show me a fan base in the world that come that that goes three and eight and then gets an entirely new coaching staff and then goes six and five the next year and is disappointed. Nobody, especially with a schedule. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean this is very if, tough. If the, if the Warner Royals can find a way to go six and five, that's I'll tip my cap. That's an yeah. that's an impressive season, and I, I think the future is bright um, up the road. Um, I mean, that, that coach is promising. You got the NFL coach, yeah, and I think he's got good staff. And I think it, I, I'll be real; it's it's going to be tough to out recruit a guy that, can, that has 13 years of playing in the NFL experience. So that'll be tough. But I like my boy Pooch. Pooch, Pooch is a good recruiter. All right, you ready to talk about these old bad boys down in Miami Gardens? Our good friend Taylor Thomas's team. Tyler Thomas, Reagan. Tyler Thomas. I'm sorry, I keep saying Taylor. Taylor's my boy over at NAISB. Shout, shout, shout out the singers for him. Tyler Thomas, however, is returning for his possibly last year at St. Thomas, and he has got a lot coming back with him, Josh. He's got his two leading receivers, Eric Demps and uh Calaritti Zhao might be butchering that. I don't think so, though. And then Rontavious Farm in the backfield is coming off an amazing, amazing freshman year. 
I only got to play in seven games with sideline due to a little bit of injury. But Josh, he averaged seven yards a carry. He had seven touchdowns in seven games, averaging 104 yards per game. And on the ground? On the ground. Yeah, that's Rontavius Fawn. He only got to play seven games. If he would have got to play a full season, he probably would have uh, – I don't know if he would have gotten – he would have competed for first team. Very good chance he could have gave Javon Bright, a good good friend over at Weber, a uh, run for his money. But Javon is looking disgusting. I'll tell you this, Weber might have the best backfield, and we'll get into that more on their episode, but a little sneak peek for that. But St. Thomas does have a really good background as well. Especially the backfield as well. Defense, uh, pretty, pretty similar story. They're returning – a pretty good bit, and they also are returning. I believe they're returning their field goal kicker, who was very solid, Alejandro Prado. You know, it's like he'll be coming back also this season for the Bobcats. My bad, my camera cut up. You guys about to ask you good, bro. Uh, so special teams, they're coming back strong. Offensively, they're coming back strong. Defensively, they're coming back very strong. So, I mean, I'm third in the polls. Third in the polls? They were ranked third in the polls. But my, I'm going to take that. Like, I've, seen, I've seen Tyler's, like, social media. Seems mm-hmm. like St. Thomas is really getting after it. But um, I also have a friend at St. Thomas, Colton Weismore. Last year, 14 catches, 95 yards, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Did he get any carries? Um, three carries for 18 yards, no touchdowns. He was, like – so you have like your four guys, receivers, main receivers that caught a, a lot of balls. He was more of like a slot, like uh, you know, like bubble screen, quick out slants, things like that. It seemed like fourteen for ninety five. The so it seems like he's like a, a sub in receiver, mm-hmm. but um, he's definitely a good player, really physical. Um, but yeah, like like I was saying, it seems like they're really getting after it. So, yeah. I got I mean, he threw for over 2,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, only five picks. That's really, really good. Um, 145.72 passer rating. Isn't that unreal? Yeah. I mean, he's I – mean, that's why I was so high. I mean, I remember – you remember when I called and told you that we got him on. I was ecstatic and it was for this reason, dude. The only thing that we hope to get him a little bit better on is his completion percentage at 58. We're trying to get that in the 60s, closer to 70s if, if, if possible. I mean, I would rather. 23 touchdown, 23 to five touchdown to interception ratio. That'll work. That'll and work. it'll play. It will play. Um. All right, let's get to the schedule because they get a little bit more time to, re- or not not necessarily rest, but their season starts the week after everybody else's. So they're not playing in ten days. They will be starting out two weeks from this Saturday up in Indianapolis as a Division One program. Josh, so, what do you First, they open up with at Butler University and Indianapolis. That's tough. I think St. Thomas will show out, play well, but I don't think they can, can come up with that game. So 0-1, then they go to Chicago to play St. Xavier. do have two friends that play baseball there. but So I think they'll, they'll handle them. So 1-1. Then against North American University, don't know much about them, but I'll. I think they're gonna win at home, 12 p.m. in the Florida Heat. I can give it to them two, uh, three and one. And then they host Southeastern University, 6 p.m. at their field. 
they're gonna win that game. Oh, yeah. So that would be three and one. Then they host for Lauderdale again. So that's a uh, four and one. Yeah, four and one. And then they might host be, Kaiser. Good lord. This might be game get game of the Sun Conference, like yeah. I have Kaiser win. I'm I'm like I said in the last podcast, I'm yeah. I'm all Kaiser. Yeah, I say consistent. So, so four and two. Kaiser's used to the heat. It's no problem. And Kaiser's just gonna just grind it out. Then they uh, head to Flomo, which isn't too far away. Give them the win there. Five and two. Head to Ave, handle them six and two. Host Warner, seven and two. And then they host Weber for their last game. At home. No, two they have two games up. At home. Eight and two. And then they go to they travel to Southeastern and I think they'll win that game. So I have St. Thomas nine and two. I think I think with that, considering they're not gonna lose any, they're gonna lose one one Sun Conference game, they could make the playoffs. Yeah, they'd be sounds good. like a possibility. If they look good in all their other games and they beat a good southeastern team twice, yeah, they could. And if there's a way to add a clip, they they have the new uh, Cardinal football uniform draw for their homecoming game, so yeah. that clip can be added. All right, I'll make that. It's so on we, their website. We do. You you want to do the uh, jerseys? Yeah, but I'm not too familiar with the jerseys, so. All right, you want to pause and time travel? We'll come back real quick. Let's just pause this and we'll be right back with the. Uh, That's fine. All right, let's pause it real quick. It's up to though. All right, this is gonna be hard because there are a lot of good uniforms in the Sun Conference. There are some bad ones too, though. All right, you'll go. I'll go first. I'll go first. I know you, you can go first, but you go bottom top or top bottom. Uh, go. Going from worst to worst to best. Worst to best. All right. What, who, who else? So my worst uniforms? worst uniform. Worst uniform. And we're doing this Warner all Univer- Warner's uniforms. Right. I can't get behind those. Okay. And hopefully the new coach brings in some money so they can get some new ones. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. I'm sorry. And we're doing this based on like best uniform, I guess. But even overall, just not terrible. a fan. Combo. But moving on. Yeah. Uh, my sixth ranked team or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. seven. Yeah, so number six. Flomo. Goes to Flomo. Super generic, super basic. Seven. Still nice though. My yeah. number five. My pissing people off. Yeah. Weber. You're insane. That was great. Weber's Weber uniform, number number five. Oh, great. Number number four. Southeastern. Southeastern number four. Those are nice, though. Nike uniforms. Red helmets. Those are dope. Red yeah. pants. Um, number three. I'm going to go uh, St. Thomas. St. Thomas uniforms are really nice. I like the white cardinal and navy combo with a I white can, and a navy helmet. I can't believe Then that. moving on, number two, Kaiser's Powder Blues, Carolina Blues, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Those are hard. Like you have color. Ave Maria? Ave Maria's green with blue pant and the camo helmet is, is it for me. That's insane. Heck no, dude. Anyways, it's that's the mine. It's the helmet. I'll stand on that hill alone. That's fine. Let's hear what you got. All right. We agree at the bottom. Warner and then Flomo. It's cold, damn it. Um, after that, I have Aves. 
You're insane, bro. Those are way, 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 way better than Flomos and Weber. I had Flomos. I, I, I had Warner 7, Flomo 6, Ave 5. Oh, okay. It's still still a terrible take, but anyway. <laughs> if they have like a if they have like the Seahawks helmet or something like that, I think they do. It's just I don't I don't know why they don't wear it. They might. They might. There's one. Oh, that's tough. Oh, hold on. I'm about to send you a different one. Oh, oh, these are hard. Oh, these are hard. They're all they're all navy green lettering and then a white helmet with the gyring logo on the side. Oh yeah, that's tough. Those are sick. Yeah. Yeah. Rank them fifth. Go ahead. Yeah. Go no. Ahead. All right. Weber fifth. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put the Burgundies or the Cardinal St. Thomas at four. I'm gonna put Ave at three. I'm gonna go southeastern. Low key. Might do like a southeastern all black. Would that change your rankings at all? An all black with the red helmet, or are they would they still? No. Okay, they're gonna go two with me with the all black, and then the powder blue from Kaiser. I mean, powder blue football uniforms. Tough, man. It's tough. Fearless. Sick, sick as hell. All right, we'll get that. No, I'm pretty impressed for NAI Sun Conference football uniforms. These are not bad at all. All around, Sun Conference has good uniforms. All around. I'm a fan. I am. Good. Except for one. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's the colorway, man. It, I can't. I you can't. can really do some cool shit with navy blue and yellow. Really? They're just not doing cool shit. Who is who who good? Who's good? What's a, who's a Cow. Who's, cow. Eh. Those uniforms are sick, bro. They have money. Oh, they do have money. Even Toledo has nice uniforms. I like their logo. Toledo has a dope, dope uh, logo. Rocket, that's sick. I don't know if Rocket. There should be more Rocket. I mean, yeah, fact. I mean, UCLA has a blue and gold combo too. Oh, that, like no, okay, but, but that's baby blue and gold, gold. I mean, that's. I mean, I, I get it, but you can still work with it. You can work with Instead it. Of these stock not. navy blue uniforms with the gold, gold helmet with nothing on it. Oh, there's a Royal. I take it back, but it's still not a. They could have done a way better logo. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just, it seems like there's no effort or just no funds, which could be it. You know, it's tough, tough, tough times. Hire, hire a graphic designer. Yeah. Thanks. There's got to be someone on the coaching staff or a trainer or someone at the school that could be in charge of that. So, anyways. I, I think they should lean more into the Royals. I think, I think it should be like, like the crown or something sick like that. So let's let's uh let's stay on the uniform topic though. Right. Let's rank our SEC our top five SEC mm -hmm. uniform combinations. Oh god. I mean you hey, you go let's just name a couple that are like cool. All right, well, that's just, yeah, because that's not what we got to prepare. All right. A personal favorite of mine when Kentucky does the all blue with silver helmets. So so, I'm a huge fan of the smoke gray Tennessee uniforms. Oh, yeah, those are hard. It's just a darn shame. Every time they wear them against Georgia, Georgia just beats the ever-loving piss out of them. <laughs> um, is there a better uniform than an all-white Johnny Menzel? Absolutely. But he just he just looks cool in it. Yeah, he just looks cool in general. Or he used to look cool. Now he's in the fan control league. 
It's hard to look cool. Oh. Oh. We got from the, on his couch. He's calling. Um, I don't know, man. I think Georgia is sick. Florida's all blues are cool. I mean, when Florida goes all orange, too, those are pretty sick, especially um, with the white helmets. Y'all, y'all have the worst uniform and call it maybe cause for this year. Those camos, the gator skin. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Georgia's got some bad. You remember the? I think it was like 2011 when they played Boise State in Atlanta, and they wore those like red pro combat. It's like all red uniform. Put that up real quick. Um, LSU's purples. They don't do them much. The LSU purple. They're sick. Um, I got one for you. Alabama. Good uniform or just a classic uniform? Classic. They don't need the trip. <laughs> they don't even they don't really need it. need it. They don't, they don't need, need it. They, they got. It. They got a. It's not maroon or it's like it's just this burgundy red and white. And that's it. That's all they need. That's it. No. No logo. Nothing. No, nothing. Nothing. Put your number on the side of your helmet like a high school kid. Get out of there. Win a championship. Yeah, you like no names on the shirts. Wait, or do they have names? Yeah, they got names. Yeah. Not every team does, do they? I'm pretty sure every team in college football, or like division one level, has a name on the back of their shirt. I think Notre Dame doesn't have it. Maybe Penn State. No, nah, dude, I think they do. It's just we get tricked tripped up with the uniforms. Um, like being basic, we don't even realize that the back has a name. But I'm also getting mixed up too because um like when you play the video game NCAA. Oh yeah. There's no name. So yeah, that could be it. Oh yeah, Penn State doesn't. Notre Dame doesn't. And that's about it. USC, USC doesn't. I wonder if that'll change the Lincoln. Probably not. <sighs> You're up to no good. You're up to no good. Braves but yeah, I mean, I think college football, I mean, they just have so much money, so the uniforms are just kind of nuts. Hey, um, what are you doing 1.30 tomorrow? I can be working out, if I'm being honest with you. All right. Uh, I'm getting on the I can rearrange my schedule. All right. I'm getting on the Zoom with that bit, with the big one for next, for the next episode. A little preview for the people. Huge soccer episode coming up. The guy I was telling you about earlier, no spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Then follow me back on Instagram. What a punk. All right. He probably doesn't. He probably doesn't know. It says co-host of the Suncast podcast in my bio. Yeah, that's why you mentioned that was happening. I put a smile on my face. Still sipping on coffee. You got a long night, man? No, I just wanted to get through this this interview. Oh, sorry. Or this podcast, I mean. Interview, podcast. But back on the um, college football, Wake. Yeah, let's um, go. So last week I made my prediction that Wake Forest was going to be a Final Four team. Then you got well, unfortunately, the, the heart-wrenching news of um, Sam Hartman – I no longer am I'm no longer behind the Demon Deacons as a college football playoff potential team. 
Prayers out to Sam to Sam Hartman, by the way. Yeah, I mean, what, whatever's going on, if you don't know, he's out uh, pretty much for the rest of the year with uh, non-football condition, uh, being kept under wraps. And honestly, it's none of our business why that is. Uh, you know, football is a really, really mentally draining sport, man. And things happen, and sometimes things happen outside of it, and it comes on top. And I mean, I know the level that we play at, I and mean, imagine that compared on a nationals that much national and who knows who, who knows what happened there but it sucks uh i i, I was high on wake forest as well i think they're they were a fun team speaking of great uniforms i mean black and gold beautiful but, uh, yeah so i guess i have to resubmit my pick yeah i know it's gonna sound okay. so basic but i'm going clemson you go clemson it's running through the acc dude I think Miami might give him a tough game, but like maybe. Are you maybe. sick of it, man? What? Are you sick of just like the lack of parity in college football now? Yeah, it's just it's just annoying, really. Yeah. Like the bowl games are more entertaining now. You know, off the top of your mind, just don't think much of it. What's the greatest college football game of all time to you? Um to be honest, like it's got to be one of the. I'll give a couple because there's a couple, in my opinion, that are phenomenal. I think the Michigan Ohio State game in 2016, when know. the game was decided at the end in overtime, short. great game. Oklahoma short. Georgia, phenomenal game. Good. Yeah. The West Virginia Oklahoma game with Kyler Murray and Will Greer, unbelievable game. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield versus Patrick Mahomes, unbelievable game. That's OG stuff. You're starting to go back, go back a little bit further. I got one for you, and I, I, I want to bring it. They're talking about the and bring it back around to talk about the lack of parity. All right, my opinion: the greatest college football game of all time, 2005 national championship in the Rose Bowl, USC versus Texas. Absolutely. I think that's the greatest college football game of all time. Since then, how many teams have won the national championship outside the northeastern region of the United States? Just guess, a quick guess. What? How many do you think? Like one, two. It's one. You're right. 2014, Ohio State. Or 15, Ohio State. First playoff or second? First. They beat Alabama, went Ezekiel Elliott, and they faced Marcus Mariota. In uh, Jerry World, I want to say, and yeah, and other than that, it's been Clemson, LSU, Georgia, obviously Bama, Florida. I mean, it, it it's nice. It's been nice. I mean, you and I as SEC fans, and both both now we say both of our teams have contributed to that one more recently than others. Um, Hey, uh, I'm not even gonna entertain that comment. I was away. I was gonna see, <laughs> but anyways, in all seriousness, you know, it's been nice to say, you know, SEC and you know, Clemson, even or Florida State being in the southeastern U.S. It's been a regional, but it's gotten to the point where college football needs to be great with teams like Texas, with teams like USC, Ohio State, and that that's what makes this sport so great when it is such a national sport. You know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's yeah. just, you know, with the, the money, the recruiting, 
when you and when you're a uh, like a high profile player and you want to go to the schools that are going to win you're not going to go to like these schools that aren't going to win so you got to use your resources like Florida is starting to do for example like Texas A&M is starting to do like these schools with that have a ton of resources you have to use them or you'll never win ever I mean and now with NIL it's a, a completely different ball game and I think like how do you expect Unless it's like a like I was saying earlier, a flute game. How do you expect a Florida team with zero five star players or like very minimal five star players to beat a team like Alabama and Georgia who are loaded with five star players? You, you have to start getting those players or start developing your players to become five stars, which is even harder. Mm-hmm. Or you'll never compete at the national stage ever again. And it all starts with Oh no, my light died. Your light dog. Oh no, well. I can't see your pretty eyes anymore. So it's okay. <laughs> So, I mean, like, Florida, I mean, they jumped from 43 recruiting class to 10 in, like, two and a half weeks, which is unreal. But you got to get over that hump because, I mean, even with Dan Mullen, um, they had, like, their recruiting – like, hey, Dan Mullen's best recruiting class was, like, in the teens, which isn't, like, terrible. But, like, you can't compete with a team that has loaded five-star players with a bunch of four-stars. You know what I mean? Like, you have you have to – you have to get these five-star players or you'll never you'll never win. So I think it's important that some of these schools start to use their resources to their to their advantage or it's never going to – this college football is never going to change. So. We'll see. Um, yeah. And, and another thing, where's the best high school talent? It's Florida. Southeast. Southeast. I mean, California and Ohio, yeah, but, I mean, these things have built up such dynasties. They just go – so California, they go get a Bryce Young, they go get a JT Daniels, they go get Quinn or not Quinn Ewers as a Texas example, but Ohio State did it, but now it's back, so whatever. Um, good episode, fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh wait, baseball. You want to talk baseball? Let's talk MLB. Let's talk a little MLB. Talk MLB. Uh, the Braves have shit the bed now. It's nine to five in the ninth. I mean, I, I don't get it, man. I really just don't get Brian Snicker, dude. I don't get it how you're in a one-run game with a team you're three and a half games behind, and you just throw out – like, why don't you use the top of your bullpen there, man? I don't know. I mean, throwing in Jack. We're on a what? One, two, six, seven, eight-game win streak. Yeah. I mean, we throw out Jackson Stevens, and a, we're down one. In the top of the ninth. And what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, it's not – our bullpen's well-rested. Hmm. It's going to be tough. going to be tough to go back-to-back, dude. We got to, though. It's got to happen. I'm going to be pissed. Yankees falling off the face of the earth. Yankees suck. Orioles are a big surprise. Let's play my favorite game. Let's go see how good Shohei Otani did while losing. All right. They lost to the Mariners today, 11-7. to Shohei Otani, you got to be kidding me, bro. Dude, Otani went four for five with a home run, four RBIs, and they lost. Yeah, he's got to go somewhere else. Get him out. Get him out, but they got to get him out. The man, I mean, how 
This is this is the problem with MLB, bro. If you're not on a good team and you're a star player, it does not matter. They're it's frustrating, man. That's the trout career went. The career is phenomenal, but I mean, he's never going to be remembered for anything crazy. He never played playoff baseball. Nope. It's tough, man. Like big moments are made in the playoffs, bro. I'll say this: baseball. That's the kind of player you are. Close to you. Yeah. Baseball stadiums have gotten. Oh my god. Okay. Um, baseball stadiums have looked a lot better this regular season than in past years. Like, there... yeah, because you got to think about it. COVID starting to die down and stuff. So. Oh yeah, COVID. Man. Listen, to this Dodgers broadcaster breaks ribs and wrist while going down the Brewers slide. Okay. How would you do that? Uh, I, I say that, but if I get to be a broadcaster and I go up to Milwaukee, probably going down that slide. That's, <laughs> I'll go down the slide. I, 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 I wouldn't break my ribs and wrist. That also depends on how old I am. If I'm like 70 years old, I don't, know, I don't even know who the Dodgers broadcaster is right now. R.I.P. Ben Scully, man. Go. 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 Greatest ever do it. You know who's impressed me a lot, though, is um, that guy from the Mariners. Julio Rodriguez. Is uh, Rodriguez? Yeah. This guy's a beast, man. I got a, it's about the time, by that time of the year where I started really paying attention to everything else in MLB, not just Braves. So I, uh, so I can get prepared for the playoffs, man. It's right around the corner. I don't know if I'm going to survive this fall. I might have a heart attack. Yeah, with Florida football, Braves baseball, fantasy football, Bucks football. Oh, my voice was cracked. I know you're, I know you're a Bucks fan. Yeah. You disgust me. Oh, this popped in my head, though. What's yeah. your take on the Mike Harris contract? Um, Alex Anthopoulos is the greatest general manager in baseball, part 38. Yeah. I mean, it, getting him for, I mean, getting all these guys for an absolute steal, getting to a point where, like, I mean, you get that means you got to pay Dan's with big money. Got to. Got to. Got to go. If, if you don't, Von Grissom's going to play short. Yeah, uh, Von Grissom goes crazy the rest of this year. Doesn't. Oh, I got a, I got a better question. What happens when Albies comes back? Um, lineup will probably go something like Acuna will be at the one. Dan's obviously. I mean, I don't think Acuna will ever not be the leadoff hitter for the Braves. Um, anyways, Acuna one, probably Dansby two, Riley. We'll stay at three. Uh, Matt Olson will stay at third. I thought Olson's been hitting third. Huh? I thought Olson's been hitting third. Uh, they've been swapping back and forth, I think. Okay, depending on probably the hand of the pitcher. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Wilson Contreras, DH, at the five. Darno six, catching. And you can flip those two, catching and DH, obviously. Probably put Ozzy in the seven hole. Um, and then the outfield, dude, I think you could go – I mean, the way Grossman's been playing. And then, so you're telling me that if Von Grissom's hitting like 330 when Ozzy comes back, you're just going to just bench him? 
No. I mean, but, I mean, he's not starting over Dansby. He's not going to start over Ozzy. I think he should move to the outfield. I think that could happen. I, I mean, just if he can. Vaughn and Vaughn yeah. left. Mike in center, Acuna in right. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mike. Braves are so deep, man. I mean, then oh, yeah, dude. I mean, Azuna, Azunia. You, you think Mike Harris is the the face of center field for the Braves? I mean, yeah, for the next eight years, yeah, eight to ten years as his contract, yeah, yeah, he's. He will be the Braves center fielder for the next decade. Ron Acuna. I'm, I'm all in on him. Yeah, I mean, Acuna. he's playing great. Acuna will be here for the next decade or eight years. Riley. Riley, the next decade. decade. I mean, all these decades. Decade. Olsen, decade. I mean, the core is here. I mean, the, Bra the Braves are honestly about to be a dynasty. I mean, the 2020s are going to look like the 1990s Braves, hopefully, with more than one World Series. Yeah, we just need pitching. Soroka, Free. Soroka's, lo Soroka's locked up for the next couple of years. Free's locked up for the next two years. Kyle Wright's locked up for the next two years. Ryder's locked up for the next, I think, like six years. DeGrom's going to find that, that, that fifth big arm. I'm telling you right now, call it, book it, whatever. Jacob DeGrom will be wearing this hat in 2023. Jacob so? I think Jacob DeGrom will be that. That'll be on that'll be nuts. Braves are winning it. All right. Option A, re-sign Dansby to a fat contract. B, don't re-sign Dansby. Bond goes to shortstop or Ozzy goes to shortstop, even that, that could happen. And we sign Jacob DeGrom. I, Option I, B, sorry, Dansby. It's not yeah, I mean it's not even a debate. You know. That's probably what's gonna happen. If that happened, because Dansby has so much leverage, bro. All right, scale of zero to ten. Zero being just like no emotion at all, and I'll say ten being when you found out Freddie Freeman was not going to be in Atlanta Braves. How sad would you be if Dansby Swanson is not in the Braves uniform next year? Probably like uh, six or seven. I think about the same. I will be nearly as sad. If but I'll be upset. I would be sad. It'd be very hard. Um, we're not. We're just going to lose a bunch of those Homer fans that think Dansby's attractive. So. I don't care about them. They can get on anyway. They're not. They're not the ones that are, will affect my emotion. The Atlanta Braves affect my emotion, and I'm okay with saying that. How they perform on the field on a nightly basis affects my emotion. And I think Dansby is the kind of shortstop that deserves a deal like he deserves. A I mean, he he deserves a. I think a six to seven year deal where he's making. Somewhere around 150, 200 million dollars. I mean, he he deserves a fatty. Without he sure handed at shortstop and could hit. Yeah, I mean, one of the best all around. I mean, there was legit case for him to be the MVP at some point. I mean, I, I, this year in the NL it's tough because I think him and Riley are having MVP seasons. But Paul Goldschmidt, the season he's having is just yeah. <laughs> Screw the Cardinals. This postseason is going to be so fun, though. I think this might be one of the best postseasons in MLB history, especially in the National League. Yeah. That news with Tatis, that's going to ruin the Padres' chances. Yeah. I think. Um, oh, I mean, Machado and Soto is a pretty good 
a duo, but I mean, I don't, John know, Bell, can, I don't know if they can carry a team through the pennant. Josh Bell, solid, also. Uh, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Josh Hader, don't forget they have the best closer in baseball now. That's fine, but they got to put it together. Yeah. So weird. Super teams just don't usually seem to work in baseball, do they? No. Just don't happen. I think people. The Braves are slowly yeah. developing one, but. Yeah, but it's different. It's like, it's almost like the Warriors before they got Kevin Durant. It's like it's they're, they're, it's chemistry. That's a, that's a phenomenal comparison. Thank you. Thank you. Acuna from the minors. Albie from the minors. Riley from the minors. Dansby from the minors. Strider from the minors. Vaughn from the minors. Mike from the minors. They were not really trading for him. The only really one that. Freed, Soroka, Contreras, Matt. The only person, the only guys that really came via trade is Darno and Olson. Yeah. Rosario. Yeah, Rosario, but he's not even playing for real. Yeah, and what did we give up for him? Oh, he's still on our team, but he's not playing. Got a minor league guy in left. We, we, We got him for Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, cheap. yeah, exactly. I mean, I we're not even playing them. We're playing a minor leaguer. Yeah, it's insane. Literally, second base, center field, and left field, and a couple of the arms were playing in minor league baseball like a week ago, two weeks ago. Literally. If, if the reports are true, what Mike Soroka is saying, it's like his sinker is better than what it was in 2018, 2019. I don't think I don't think people realize he was competing with Degrom as the best pitcher, best young pitcher, before he tore his Achilles. Twice, that's crazy. Twice, and you come back. Oh my God! Imagine he leads the team on a postseason run. Oh my! All right, let's wrap this up. Josh, you got anything else you want you want to add? No, I was excited to see these teams go to work in football. Oh yeah, man! I think Warner. A lot of question marks. I think they got uh they, they got got things going in the right direction, but it'll be a tough one. And then St. Thomas. High hopes. So full. High hopes. This is their year. Uh, for for them, this is their year. But same thing. I mean, they got a side program. Keep going. All right. Love all of you, Josh. Love you, man. Have a good one. Love you, bro.